Um, so I just have a couple sort of general questions to start us off. Um, just for my information so that I know kind of what generation of CSC you were part of. Um, so my first one is what were you, what years were you on the team for? Uh, 2011 was my freshman year, 2011, 2012, and then I graduated in 2017. Oh, wow, okay. So, six years? No, yes. Six years on the yeah, team. Yep. Okay. So, I'm assuming you were a graduate student at one point, too, for the team? I was. That's awesome. Yeah, we haven't had a graduate student on the team in a few years now, from what I've heard. Um, yeah, they come and go. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of, it's nicer when you have a graduate student, though, because it's kind of like a mentor for us, so. Um, okay, what was your most proudest moment on the team? Uh, sorry, I'm walking around outside a bit here. I apologize for the wind. You're all good. Um, proudest moment on the team. It's, uh... <laughs> It's uh, kind of an interesting question, I guess, because as you uh, uh, grow through the team, I think it changes year to year. But uh, I think as an undergrad, I was always really proud when something that I had worked hard on made it onto the competition um, sled, and then it made it into the paper, and you got to talk about it to people. That was always uh, one of my favorite things as an undergrad. Once you got to be a, a senior, more senior member, junior, senior, I'd say I was always really proud whenever I'd see you know, the, the younger guys and girls on the team getting internships and being like well-respected around the campus for their, you know, their their knowledge and their work ethic and stuff like that. But then as a uh, graduate student, I was always pretty pretty proud of seeing my guys and girls get jobs and hearing how they were doing and talking to uh, the people that had hired them at the competition and such and just getting a, a feel for how they were performing. It was always nice whenever they were well respected. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of nice to watch people grow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, were you like, so what kept you motivated to stay on the team? The reason I ask this is we're trying to come up with a system to help people sort of stay on the team and like improve retention. Um, cause a lot of people, especially this past year with our modeling competition, were not very interested in sticking around. Um, so. Yeah. So I guess what motivated me was just, I wanted to do something that gave me skills outside of what you learn in class. And that was a huge thing for me, but probably more importantly, a lot of my friends, well, a lot of people on the team became my good friends and it didn't take very long to, so you're to the point where they were pretty much the only people you were spending time with and always kind of described it as friend groups. And I had my clean snow group and then I had my like freshman year dorm friend group and they're, usually separate, but it was still a uh, big motivator because you wanted to do well for them, and you'd always hear where all the people that had uh, graduated in the past got to go work, and that was uh, another big motivator trying to do 
as well as they did. Yeah, for sure, because there was there's a lot of talent on the team, and um, we're kind of struggling trying to figure out. Hear me? All right, sorry, I'm out of the wind now. Yep, now I can hear you again. Okay. <laughs> um, I said I asked. Um, <laughs> oh. So, let's see. Um, did you happen to hold any leadership positions while you were on the team? Or uh, yeah, I was a captain. My, I think sophomore and junior year or junior and senior one of the two um and then i was obviously a graduate mentor you can call it after uh after that and uh, i think uh, i talked to alex uh after you guys had your conversation it sounds like your general structure has changed a bit since when i was uh involved oh for sure as in alex kiss uh, Alex Furman. Okay, so Topper, yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't know if he had so. been... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Been... I didn't know if he's been referred to as Topper or not, so I was trying to be nice. Oh, I don't know. I I call <laughs> the only way that like current team members know everybody is by their nicknames, so I have to remember their nicknames as well as the way that they want to be called. And it's just the <laughs> whole thing. Um <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, so the leadership this year is, um, we, have, we have our two co-captains. Um, we have uh, Garrett Potts and Porter Dallenbach. I don't know if you know either of them. Um, and then we have um, myself and Kyle Park, who's Colin's younger brother. Um, and so Kyle is taking up the sponsorship position, which is usually alumni connections, so you'll probably hear from him fairly frequently. Um, and then I'm doing operations manager, which is kind of holding everybody accountable. Um, but I'm just trying to figure out ways that we can hold people accountable without like making them feel like crap, basically. Um, <laughs> cause I'm trying to come up with like a reward system, but also an accountability system that'll work simultaneously so that we can kind of improve, um, sort of the general atmosphere of the team itself and, um, I'm playing a little bit of a bad cop sort of role because we need to have sort of a uh, kind of a recognizing that we need more structure um, instead of just letting people do what they want to do. Um, so. Yeah, that's uh, I think something you'll find that even as you move into your career is going to be something that's uh, hard to manage because uh the engineering world you're never working alone yeah. and often the people you're working with have competing priorities okay. so it becomes a uh, a challenge especially in the clean snow atmosphere where it's all volunteer based yeah. to uh have to have, have a level of self-accountability because there's nothing else to really hold you there yeah um yeah it's definitely something because my dad is um one of the leaders in his company so I'm about leadership stuff too but um so yeah um since you held some leadership positions like what did you do that really kind of helped people out um i would say 
it's that's kind of another hard one to to answer but yeah sorry uh, no it's okay it's one of my my favorite things i used to say to the the kids when i was there was you walk into a room with uh 15 people and you have 20 personalities yeah so what you have to do day to day to motivate people and try to keep them feeling like part of the the group is uh kind of always changing even within a group that you know well yeah and i think uh more importantly is you have to get to know people on a personal level to be able to to, to motivate them uh in an effective way right because when i was on the team there were people that were motivated well by call it negative supports telling them they're not doing enough or not doing well enough mm-hmm. and there were people that needed constant positive feedback um and a little bit of guidance so it's uh that's that's why it's challenging the answer is everybody is different yeah for sure yeah that's something i kind of struggle with too because um i again i think that there needs to be a, a good and a bad system like i get some people need positive feedback some people need negative feedback but that's not really the thing that i'm trying to do i'm trying to come up with like a consistent system and then let Garrett and Porter be sort of the people getting to know everybody individually and supporting them the best they can on a personal level and having them come back to me saying, hey, this isn't working or hey, this is working really well. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I should enforce like a consistent system and have the flexible one or kind of what I should do. So... I might yeah, that's uh, so that's that's a tough spot to be in, and uh, I think thinking about it from an enforcement point of view may be, you know, uh, kind of li- limiting some creativity there and how to get these people working how you need them to. Yeah. Um. But honestly, it's uh, one of the things that Topper had taught me when I was a undergrad, and he and uh, Drew at the time were training me. They uh, always said you have to lead from the front. The easiest way to motivate somebody to do something, even if it's a menial task, is by stepping up and just trying to do it. A thing to keep in mind is... A lot of people, and I think that this is getting more true, is uh, kind of we, we move into this new era of engineers. Um, we've moved away from a farm boy, I'll call it style engineer, you know, somebody that's hands-on and then comes and learns the math skills to people who generally are very intelligent that need help with the hands-on stuff and are yeah. uh, maybe not have always been encouraged to just try to do something. And, and, and the key is to allow people to try something without chastising them for making a mistake it's it's it ends up being a uh, if a mistake is made that's where the team comes together to understand the root cause of what happened and figure out what you need to change to make it better right? and a mistake could be something from an idea that didn't work out to somebody forgot to you know put oil in the sled and it's stuck or something and it's just about coming together and supporting whatever happened around that mistake to try to move it in the right direction. 
I agree, um, but I also, I think that we're losing a lot of sort of the self-accountability in our new era of people that we have. Um, like, there's a lot less self-motivation, there's a lot more like, oh, well, I could just look this up and it's not that big of a deal, um, kind of thing. Like, I mean, research could not have been, not be easier than it is now. Um, so it's kind of I, I, I'm, I'm trying to talk to the leadership I'm trying to talk to um, my dad, I'm trying to talk to alumni I'm trying to get like sort an idea of because we're going to need some kind of structure and whether it stays or not is up to the team like we're going to try to rebuild our constitution so that we have something that everybody commits to because um, I would like there to be something that has to do with attendance um but also like grading people in the course and making it a course and not just an easy thing to pass so that we can go work on the snowmobile if that makes sense because um, the course is kind of a big deal especially if people don't really know how to work on it properly so like i think we're gonna try to make the course slightly more strict i think and, like, with that, I know we're going to have to, there's probably going to be some positive and some negative feedback, but I don't know. I don't know if it'll, I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know, um, how, I, I still have to kind of talk to people about it, but I just, I, I just need more perspectives <laughs> to try to understand sort of an idea of kind of what I want to do. If that makes sense. Yeah, and we actually used to do the 201, 301 course used to be different than what it is now as well. Mm -hmm. um, we started to change that my senior-ish year, I think. Um, but we would still drive kind of what you're saying where you don't necessarily need to make the course harder or more difficult to achieve, but you use the early warning grades and stuff to drive some some conversation at like, I assume Dan Cord is still the advisor yep. at his level to say, we need more, you know, work out of you to make, you know, for you to achieve this grade that you're, you're trying to get here. Um, whatever each early warning grade, it'll come out as like a C or a D. And then you have that conversation with Dan and he can drive it in a, you know, we see that you're attending the meetings, but you're not spending any work time, you know, in the shop or you're not, you know, every week when we have our team meeting, your name is the one that comes up as having missed this deadline. Um, you're not moving your part of the project forward. We need that to happen. If you can't do it, we need to, like, we just need to understand that. Yeah, okay, so trying to get the faculty to sort of help us with accountability stuff then? Yep. Okay. And that, that's really the only uh, knob you have to turn, you know, is uh, on the faculty side using that uh, grade as a, as a motivator. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'll talk to the team leadership about that. That sounds like a good idea to me. Um, 
Okay, next question. What are five pieces of advice you would like to give to current team members or new incoming team members? Uh, it's always a tough one to answer to. <laughs> I always love asking it. The, uh, I don't know, what do I wish I knew when I started versus what I know now, I guess is what I think about it. I think that I wish I would have focused a little more on like the schooling side of things. You have to balance your grades and your effort around other things um, appropriately. You know, they call it in the, the in industry, the work-life balance is kind of the same thing where, you know, if, if you really truly want to be successful on the clean snow team, it does take a good amount of time, but you also can't let your grades slip. We lost a lot of really, really good uh, members due to grade issues in the past. Yeah. Well, and like the cool thing about our team is that a lot of us are Mechies, so kind of each member is sort of a tutor in and of themselves. But. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I think from a captain's perspective, I wish I had had a better understanding of what the real goal of everything was. I was really invested in the competition, and I think I sometimes let that students you're cutting out a little bit. Sled petition. You're cutting out a little bit. Um, I say in the uh, <clears throat> uh, one thing that I wish that I had known of as a captain was to understand that the role of senior membership is to mentor and grow the younger students, and even if that's at the cost of maybe not performing at as good as you can at the competition that is really what your job should be and at the end of the day the whole goal of the clean snow competition is to teach students to be better engineers and get them jobs coming out of college yeah yeah for sure which it's easy to lose sight of the sled team yeah we're, we're kind of losing our connections, so we're trying to reinstigate new ones. That's sort of what Kyle's going to try to do. Yeah. One thing that I think I was pretty lucky with when I was there was I had a really good relationship with a lot of alumni, so it was really easy for me to elicit that feedback. Over the last few years, I've noticed that the feedback from the alumni is maybe not disregarded, but it uh, seems to only be sought out if it's in line with the, the beliefs of the people that are in charge of the team. And I would just encourage the whole team to be open to all new ideas and try to you know, just, just uh, grow and not, not be stuck in what you think is right. Yeah, okay. That makes sense to me. Um. I 
still owe you two, I guess. <laughs> it's okay if you don't have any others. Um, the easy one is don't be afraid to fail. Yep. It's always a good one. Um, and don't be afraid to defend your position. Just because you don't know the answer today, if your gut's telling you it's the way to go, go and try to prove yourself right. Okay. Don't don't let somebody else tell you that you're wrong and it shouldn't be done. Yeah, easier said than done. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. Um, and then my last question is, what skills have you gained from the team that you use the most often in workforce? There's a, there's definitely a few from that. Um, being part of the clean snow team tends to turn you into a really strong problem solver and being able to think through a problem and get uh, what we'll call root, root cause understanding efficiently and effectively is very important and you'll use it every day more or less in your career even if you don't realize you're using it in your day-to-day -day. It, it's used in uh, conversations with people all the way up to actually solving engineering challenges um the second part of that would be your understanding of how to work in a group of very diverse people whenever you get into your career you're not going to know most of the people you work with and you're not going to necessarily trust them and working in that environment allows you to more easily build ways for you to open yourself up to gain that trust and to work with these people in a way that's effective for them and for you. Yeah. Okay. So like, um, yeah, so problem solving, um, adaptability maybe. Um, that's good work. I, yeah. I, especially this year, it's been kind of a rough adaptive thing. Um, what about, like, does the physical, like, hands-on stuff help at all, or, like... Uh, in, in my job, absolutely. I know there are other people where it doesn't matter so much. Um, in any kind of development role that you may go into, um, you'll probably be working with, call it a, a, an engineering technician, so somebody who maybe isn't trained in engineering, but they have a very good mindset and they'll work towards, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be your mechanic or whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. um, and having hands-on skills yourself makes it a lot easier to work with them. And if you're working in a mechanical system, fundamentally under, understanding how to use tools and how like a system like an engine works, it's not simple. It really helps you to, to get through and understand and come up with new ideas that maybe other people might not. Right. So the hands-on side of it is very important as well. Okay. Um, Do you have any um, recommendations on how we could possibly use GT Suite to practice modeling? Because a lot of us are kind of struggling to find motivation as to why we should like look into modeling stuff. Well, modeling is a very important part of engineering in today's day and age. Um, for instance, at my work, we develop two-stroke outboard engines. 
and we released what we call our G2 product. The G2 product lived in simulation for three years before the first prototype was built. Um, and we can take it down to call it maybe not a such a complex system, but we have a tilt and trim, we'll call it, a hydraulic ram that moves the motor up and down. Mm-hmm. One of my coworkers uses GT Suite to actually physically model and create blow-off valves for that system, which is kind of a novel way of using GT that uh, most people wouldn't do because it's an automotive system. Right. So modeling is a great way to um, basically get a, a fundamental understanding of what's going on cheaply, right? Yeah. Because if you think about how many iterations you can run in a day in a model is thousands. Right. To actually physically test a thousand iterations of something is nearly impossible. So you can use modeling to narrow down your options, and then you have to build two or three prototypes that are you know, right, right in the realm of where you ought to be. Right. And thinking about it as a employer or a recruiter, I think that having modeling skills is something that a lot of people will be looking for. Okay. Um, the days of physical tests are still here, but somebody that can sit down and spend six months working on something and get you 90% of the way there without having to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on prototyping stuff. It's very valuable to an organization. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And I think modeling gives you a good understanding of physics as well. Yeah. Because you have to understand physics to know what knobs you're turning in the model. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, and then I have one more. Um, would you be willing to teach a lecture during the um, one of the CSC class times um, during these next school year? Yeah, we could probably work something out for that. Okay. Okay, that would be super helpful because we're trying to um, kind of reconnect um, sort of our members to the alumni. So we're trying to, I'm trying to see if we can get them to teach in the lectures and stuff. I think that's a fine idea. Yeah. But, um, well, I really appreciate your time. Oh, wait, I have one more question. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, I had a leadership meeting yesterday. So, I'm operations management, which means I'm in charge of finances. And the, I wanted to know about the BRP $500 royalty from our, um, what was it? Our, uh, uh, what's it called? the I think it's from the patent um, that we had a few years ago and we wanted to know if it got ex- if it like expired because we didn't get the 500 last year um, I don't know okay, okay. I, I, I assume you're talking about the uh, SCT patent that BRP bought from uh, U of I yes yeah, I don't know what happened with that. I don't know if some of that stuff got delayed due to COVID or what, but okay. um, I know I know Topper was also looking for his buck fifty or whatever he gets a year. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was um yeah. Okay, I'll go talk to the finance ladies about that stuff then. Um and then yeah, okay, I'll talk to Alex too about okay. Um Okay. 
Well, that'll be it, though, so thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's no problem. Um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and hopefully we can stay in contact for this next year. Sure. Right. I did uh, forward you, oh, I don't yeah, know I if saw you that. saw the, <laughs> the paper that we had written a handful of years ago on pretty much exactly what you're, you're asking about, and I think it's probably got a lot of the... Uh, kind of historical detail um i think i i started that paper in 2014 or 15 and it got published a year later i think and uh like i saw mark woodland was on your email he helped to write that with steve after we got the uh, abstract accepted um yeah i talked to mark yesterday and told him to reach out to you for sure so okay yeah i sent him the email i haven't heard anything back from him yet so yeah, and so he'll get back to you, I'm sure. He's he's a good guy. Okay. Um, and Tom told you to get a hold of Crystal, I think. Uh, yeah, I I, w- I reached out to her. We're going to try to meet up um, next week, I think, on Tuesday. Oh, excellent. So. Yeah, they're both uh, really good people. Mark was a senior when I graduated in 17, and Crystal was my age. I don't think that she was ever formally a captain, but she played a big role on the uh, leadership of the team that year. It was a really uh, lean year, so I think she'll have some good perspectives for you. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, no um, yeah, I'm trying to make sure that we're all on the same page. And I read through the, I read through some of it, and a lot of the, um, and I showed it to the rest of the leadership yesterday because I had a meeting with them. And they were really interested in giving it a read, so I have to post it on the shared drive again for them to look at. But, um, yeah, we'll definitely take this into consideration. I'm going to try to go through and figure it all out again. <laughs> so, um, I really appreciate the time and everything. And um, yeah. I'll definitely let you know sort of what the plan is for this coming year, the more I know about it. Um, we're going to try to send out a newsletter which is going to be Kyle's responsibility, um, sort of quarterly, um, so that you guys kind of understand what we're doing. Um, hopefully that. Yeah, uh, one. Yeah. Let's say one thing that we started doing uh, that was kind of helpful was we would come up with a competition plan, basically, mm-hmm. and then we'd have a, a a group call with a handful of alumni to discuss it. Because um, sometimes I know from the uh, at the team level, it's hard to understand what it takes to achieve whatever your target may be, oh, and yeah. the uh, the alumni sometimes have a really good uh, feel on that. You know, and, uh, Topper specifically works on developing two-stroke snowmobile engines every day, so he's got a really good uh, viewpoint on that. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, I'll give I'll give that. I'll let the leadership know about that too. Okay. Well, I really appreciate our conversation and our time. Um, yeah, no problem. I don't want to waste any more of yours, so... Oh, uh, <laughs> well, it's not a waste. <laughs> okay, well, I really appreciate the time, and we'll definitely stay in contact. So. Okay, sounds good. All right, have a wonderful rest of your day. Yep, enjoy your weekend. All right, see you later. Yep, goodbye. Bye.